before we begin, I just wanted to give a special shout out to Calgary Flames assistant general manager Chris Snow, who uh, unfortunately lost his uh, battle with ALS on Saturday. Uh, to those of you who aren't familiar with it, Chris was diagnosed with ALS in 2019 and ever since then did everything in his power to uh, not only spread awareness through about ALS through strength and humility and various foundations and charities, uh, raising upwards of half a million dollars along the way, um, but also continuing to work and to persevere along the way and be a symbol for those that can try and make the best out of a bad situation. Um, I especially want to give a special shout out to his wife, Kelsey, uh, who's been documenting a lot of her own personal struggles with this along the way. Um, But this was a man that was incredibly decent and apparently from everything you read, just lit up every room that he walked into. So um, this is a really sad day in the hockey world. And before we begin and laugh and all that stuff, which we're going to, I just wanted to just give a really special shout out uh, to Chris, Kelsey, their family, and the entire Calgary Flames organization in general, because uh, we lost a good one the other day. So thank you, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of One for One on a beautiful first day of October. It's lovely. It's it's lovely that hockey season is just around the corner. I'm your host, Nolan Juman, joined as always by my co-host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, it's October 1st. We are, what, 12 days away from puck drop? 11 days away from puck drop? I, I can't remember. I'm excited, though. How are you doing? Um, good. You said it's a, a lovely day. Is it nice in Ontario? It's incredibly nice. It's like 28 all week. It, it rained all day today, so it's mm. been a very dreary first day of October. Uh, before we recorded today, I went and grabbed a hot chocolate oh. from an unnamed um, chain coffee shop. It was very good. It warmed the soul. But yeah, it's just a, kind of a cloudy, dreary little day out there. So interesting what a couple thousand kilometers can do in terms of weather. Did you see the videos out of uh, New York from this weekend? No. Like, apparently New York has, like, full-blown, like, like state of emergency floods going on right now. Oh, that's goofy. Yeah, it was very odd, because I'm like, usually, like, we kind of are, like, we kind of run parallel with regards to weather, like, to New York, so I was just a little shocked that it was nice and dry here, and in New York, it's just a torrential wasteland. Yeah, I don't know. They can just divert the water into the subways, and everything would be fine, so they should maybe think about doing that. Yeah, well... I mean, I, I guess I guess engineering has has its has its place out there. I don't know. I'm, yeah, like what are you gonna do? Drown some rats and <laughs> slow down some underground trains like that? Whatever. I mean, you can figure that out. So shit, ha- shit happens. You just gotta deal with it. Mother they Nature sh- just throws you a couple curveballs every now and then. They should call me for engineering advice. I have no experience, but uh, common sense prevails, right? Common sense certainly does prevail, uh, Miles. Do you want to just get right into all this stuff? We might as well because I think this is going to be a little bit of a a little bit of a hitter. Um, I'll I'll read through the agenda if you don't mind. Let everybody kind of know what's going on. Um, preseason started, so there's quite a bit of information coming down the pipeline as to moves for your Edmonton Oilers. 
as well as an announcement of the Heritage Classic game, specifically the uniforms, some moves in the front office. We're going to go through all that. Not a whole host of NHL discussion to be going on today, but a couple of things that have been going on in in and on in the hockey world. So we are going to dive into those. And then if you've been following along with the previous two episodes of the season, we are getting into the meat and potatoes, the central preview. So we're going to be looking at the teams in the central division and letting you know all about their off season and how we think they are shaping up for the start of the year. Once we get through that, we will give you our standings, our projections for how the central division will shake up. But once we get through all that, uh, then you are free to go and you can enjoy the rest of your day with whatever you got to do. So why don't we get it started and do a little bit of Oilers shit discussion? Nolan, would you like to kick things off? Absolutely. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers and Calgary Flames have revealed their official jerseys for the Heritage Classic. Miles, what are your early thoughts of the Oilers? Who cares about the Flames jersey? I mean, we can talk about the Flames jersey, but tell me what are your thoughts on the Oilers jersey? The Oilers jersey is very nice. I do like it. Um... Um is is the thing that I'm gonna I'm gonna say here. The jersey itself is very very nice. I've never been a massive fan of the brown pants brown gloves combo. Mm-hmm. I do like the overall vintage aesthetic that it gives, but um, for me the pants and the gloves just just aren't really doing it. I think if they would have gone with black or even the same like royal blue kind of color that they use with the homes, the same as the jerseys, I think it would have been really clean. Uh, but the jersey itself is very, very nice. As a fan, I think that that's, uh, that's one you got to be really happy with and, and one that you're likely going to add to the repertoire. I think, I think, I, I don't mind the brown pants. I thought that they were like actual leather when I first saw them. I'm like, okay, that's kind of sick if they're, if it's like real leather, but the fact that they're just like brown pants is kind of throwing me off. Um, but uh, yeah, you're right. If they would have been royal blue, royal blue pants, oh, I can't say royal blue pants. It sounds like a bit of a tongue twister. Uh, that would have been just straight gasoline. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have an unpopular opinion, and a... I know that people are not going to like this, especially given our audience. Um, but if I had to compare uniform to uniform, I think the Flames won. Oh, you like the Flames one more? I th- I think that Flames jersey is really, really, really nice. Wow. How they kind of they went with the kind of like um, vintage like cream wash on the jersey and that circular crest with the lettering looks very very good. I think the flames flames brass did an excellent job setting up that uniform. I like the numbers and the name plates on the back. I think those mm-hmm. look really good on the flames ones. But yeah, I think they made a good uniform. Um, flames fan Kyle said that when he saw it, it was an instant three hundred dollars subtraction from the bank account. So I'm glad to hear that's, that. Good, that's good a fun. Him. That's a fun way to put it. When you see, when your team comes out with a nice jersey, it's just like automatic deduction. Do you know what's really cool is that on the inside of both of these jerseys, it's it's embroidered with Battle of Alberta. Mm-hmm. I like that. I saw that little tidbit. Uh, very cool. Very nice of them to do that. Um, I don't know if they still do it, but on one of my Oilers jerseys, it's on the back collar. It says once an Oiler, always an Oiler. That's so pretty. It's cool. I like I like when the teams do a little bit of ode to history. That so. sounds like a, maybe on the back of your reverse retro. That would make sense. I'll go check the closet when we're done and, and we'll add it to errors and omissions for next week. But um, I, I will I will get to the bottom of it if anyone's curious. I will get it figured out. You will get it. It will be done. You deserve the truth. <laughs> it's like that movie, uh, 
uh, uh, concussion with Will Smith when he's like, tell the truth. Remember, <laughs> do you remember that? I never watched that movie, which again, Bad if you're, movie. If Bad you're movie, new, don't worry. If you're new to joining the one for one sphere, I have seen approximately eight movies in my entire life. I'm working on it. I'm working on seeing some more, but um, as it stands, not not doing not doing great. Since um, there's a, I was just gonna say, since there's a, a Toy Story broadcast, uh, you've seen Toy Story, right? All of them, yeah. I love okay, Toy good. Story. Okay, good. I'm not a big fan of the fourth one, but I I I, I love I love Toy Story. Um, okay, so you know how like uh, Op- Bobbenheimer or whatever was going on this this summer that everybody was all stoked about. Barbenheimer, yeah. Yeah. Did you see the new one? No. Saw Patrol. It's Saw. Saw. Oh Saw yeah. And, and the Sorry, I have movie. seen that. Yes. Um, Saw Patrol. <laughs> there was. Uh, oh man, when when was it? Was it for this one or was it for a previous one or for the, the one of the previous Saw movies? There was a thing. I want to say it was actually for. A children's movie when the saw tra- when the new saw trailer just like had just come out and it was for they were it was like a big birthday party screening for a children's movie and they accidentally showed showed the saw trailer like before this movie for like for like all for kids i gotta figure out what it was uh accidentally played Oh, did you know Saw 7 accidentally... Oh, sorry. Did you know Saw 7 accidentally played during a screening of Mega Mind? That's what that was. Oh, my God. <laughs> there's, a, there's a YouTube video to it. Shout out Mega Mind. Never seen it, but just shout out to it. Um, speaking of Saw, I've actually started rewatching all of them. Um, that's probably why you, you saw me... Uh, if you saw me on Instagram yesterday, I was like crying at the club bar end. So I was just listening to the Saw theme song. Oh, I, I yeah, I didn't get that to be honest with you. Uh, it's I, it's okay. I didn't really get it either. I just kind of did it just for the vibes. Yeah, exactly. You no, know, we were um, we were actually at uh, one of Taylor's friends, basically like her birthday party. And we're all just like jamming, like we're all just kind of like vibing to music. I'm probably three or four margaritas deep. Like I've got a little bit of a buzz going on. And I'm like, you know, it's a good song. And they're like, what? And I said, the the final track in Saw. And so I just started playing it. How did that go over? Is, uh, is it actually a banger or is it is it is it a movie guy thing? Uh, it's kind of a it's it's kind of a sad bop. Let's put it at that. All right, I can I can get with them. Speaking yeah. of a sad speaking of a sad bop. Yeah. Steve Steos. Oh, wonderful, wonderful transition. Love <laughs> is, to see that it. Is, a, is that not that's a sad bop, right? It's a pretty sad bop. Um, yeah. So whoever didn't know, uh, Steve Steo is uh told the Oilers peace out, a town, and uh, is heading down to uh, the Thottawa Senators to go play with his friend, his former Bulldog friend, uh, Michael Anlauer, has he's been hired as the president of hockey operations to work. Not below, but above Pierre Dorian. Um, this comes after a lot of speculation as per what Steve Deos' role was within the Oilers franchise. As you may remember from last season, uh, it was kind of near the end of the season. We went on about how excited we were that Steve Steos was joining the organization. Um, I'll, I'll put it this way. It sucks, but I'm also not totally upset about it um i was talking about i I was actually talking about this uh not that long ago where 
I was initially really excited for Steve Steos because it was a different voice in a room that had a lot of monotony. And that all changed since the hiring of a certain somebody, which we'll get to next episode um, when we do break open the Oilers. But uh, spoiler alert, Jeff Jackson, once he was brought on board and all of these different faces have been kind of brought into the organization, I feel all right with it. I feel pretty well fine because what this is signaling to me is that this isn't the same old Oilers regime as per usual. And so... I wish Steve Steos all the best. I hope Steve Steos just crushes it because once an oiler, always an oiler. Um, just don't steal any of our players. But um, yeah, it 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 sucks. But I'm not I'm not ultimately like heartbroken over it. It's a good opportunity for him. Yeah, clearly, clearly he saw that there was like the writing was on the wall in Edmonton with the moves that they made in, in their executive space. So he saw an opportunity to advance his career and he took it. So like you said, good for him. Hopefully it works out and. Honestly, um, if he can get his dirty little dirty little hands in that Ottawa retooling and make something out of that team, um, I wouldn't be mad. I'll always like to see a Canadian team um, within reason do well. So Ottawa yeah. can do okay. I, I I wouldn't be mad if Ottawa was competitive. So shout out Steve Steos. Do your do your thing. Twenty one. It is also really funny though that um, like this is going to be another year of Sens fans trying to like pick fights with Lee fans where they're like. Oh, our our team is actually better than yours, even though the Sens haven't made the playoffs in like five years. <laughs> we yeah, poor Sens. Poor Sens. I mean, uh, yeah, we'll get there. You'll get there, guys. One day, one day it'll happen. Don't worry. Um, speaking of one day it'll happen, maybe one day these guys will be full time Oilers. Whoa, there is a segue for you. Just kidding. Um. As the Oilers have made a couple of uh, have, have made a couple of roster moves over the last couple of days, so on the twenty eighth, uh, the Oilers announced that they were reducing their training camp roster by fifteen players, sending one goalie, five defensemen, and nine forwards to the Bakersfield Condors, uh, and were uh, uh, released from their from their uh, PTOs. Uh, just a bunch of guys that are that are. Probably just going to just play for Bakersfield, uh, which is uh, Tyler Parks, Xavier Bernard, Noah Gansky, uh, Jake Johnson, Connor Corcoran, Cam Wright, Turi Linden, Dino Cambeats, Ethan DeYoung, and the guys that were loaned to Bakersfield. So these are guys that are on NHL contracts. Max Warner, Tyler Tulio, Jake Chase on Jaden Grube, Carl Berglund, and Matt Vay Petrov. Um, I liked what I saw from Matvey Petrov. I like Tyler Tulio. I hope these guys become Oilers for a really long time. And I yep. think that some of them should eventually hit, hopefully. Correct Correct me if I'm wrong, but those are all guys that um, played their last year of junior. Like, they were all junior players last year. Like, Wanner was with Mooshaw. Yeah. Tulio was with the general generals and no Tulio played Baco last year was he okay so he's yeah. the exception then because I know Petrov was with uh the North battalion Bay. yeah yeah so that's fine those are guys that can can get seasoned in the AHL that'll be good for him that's fine yeah. that's okay yeah. we 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 check mark that here yeah exactly uh and then on Saturday they announced that they reduced their training camp roster by an additional six players by setting down Olivier Rodrigue former forward Carter Savoy defenseman Noel Hoffenmeyer and while Drake Kajula and Greg McKegg have been placed on waivers for purpose of assignment um oh Alex Peters was also released from his PTO so he's gonna go to Bakersfield uh once again Carter Savoy I think that he's got 
he's got a he's got a ways to go. Um, we got to really see him. I, I I genuinely hope he can play with a top flight player in the AHL that can get him the puck just so he can fire the hell out of that thing. Um, that's what I want to see more than anything is you just continue to score goals, continue to score goals and we'll figure the rest out. Yeah. It seems like he's on his way. He's young too. So, uh, yeah. l- young guy, undersized, hell of a shot. Let's see what, uh, what he can do with it. So like you said, get the recipe right in Bakersfield and, um, hope that, uh, these guys can work off each other and find their game. But Nolan, there's there's one guy you're missing still, right? You're gonna I'm getting to him you're right now. Fire it off. Yeah. Uh, because at four fifty, which is just over two hours ago, uh the Edmonton Oilers announced that they've released forward Brandon Sutter from his professional tryout. Uh, and he issued the following statement. I'm grateful for the opportunity that Ken Jay and the Oilers organization has given, has provided to me the past few weeks. You need to be 100% healthy to compete in the NHL. Although my health continues to improve in consideration of my health and family, I am officially retiring from hockey. Thank you to the Oilers, Canucks, Penguins, and Hurricanes, as well as my past coaches, trainers, teammates for the incredible experiences throughout my 13 seasons in the NHL. So, Brandon Sutter. Um, See ya. Like he just retired. So, I mean, there there does come a point where a player unfortunately just has to listen to his body and see where he's holding up. And uh, it just felt like it. It didn't really feel like Sutter was making much of a case for himself. But it's really admirable that he came back and tried to see what he had. And I think it's really admirable by the organization to just give him a shot, just to see, just to see if there's anything there. And I said this before when we, when we when we'd opened the season, but like. It is important to give guys a chance because not only does it make that player feel better about themselves, but it it, it helps with prospective future players uh, because they might they might look at the organization and say, "Hey, like these guys gave him a chance. Why not? Why not? Why not take a chance on them?" So I uh, I like the move for the Oilers. I'm happy that both parties were able to kind of come to an agreement, and uh, I wish Brandon Sutter all the best. I think more importantly, it just allowed him to go out on his own terms. 100%. Like, as an athlete, it's yeah. it's tough for him, especially coming off of the COVID compli- complications that he had um, to just, you know, sit there and be like, well, I never, you know, I don't know if I had another shot in me, if I had another chance. Um, the fact that he was able to go to a training camp, compete and say, yeah, you know what, this is, this is how I want to go out. Perfect. I'm glad because he was... Uh, not just a good hockey player, but a good human, a uh, good guy, good family, good Canadian kid, as a former hockey legend announcer would say. So shout out to Brandon Sutter. Uh, wish him wish him all the best as he rides off into the sunset and enjoys the rest of a, of a long and happy life. Absolutely. And uh, now all eyes are on who's getting that 4C spot because there's a number of names that are, that, that are currently percolating down there, including Lane Peterson. Raphael Lavoie, uh, even uh, James Hamblin. Once again, we're having that conversation again. Remember the James Hamblin excitement from last year? The hype was insane last year about James Hamblin. I was standing on the street corner in the pouring rain, beating the James Hamblin drum. So like you said, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Um, but now that they've kind of shaved their roster down to, um, you know, some more of, you know, how many players did they, how did, did they cut there? Like, would you list like 18? Uh, yeah, it was 15. I think it was 15 and six. So 21 to 22, I think. So in total, let the games begin. 
we are getting close. Did you see Lavoie's goal from last night? Um, I saw Holloway's from a couple nights ago. His one tee against the Flames. That was really nice. Hot, hot, hot. Oh, that was, by the way, really funny stuff because the Flames played basically almost an entirely NHL-ready lineup. Yep. And the Oilers <laughs> played most of their guys that are going to the AHL. Yeah. And They're, they had well, the opportunity to do something really funny, and they did it. So, Steve, shout out shout out Steve, good guy, friend of the show. Dangle? Uh, we were hanging out. Just kidding. Pardon? <laughs> Nothing. I said, I said, I said uh, Dangle? Oh, God, go away. So, um, we hung out Friday, and we were just watching highlights of all the NHL games that took place, like, that night and the night before. Mm-hmm. So, we watched we watched his sends. We watched the Oilers and Flames, and it was just funny because we were watching that Flames game, and um, it was 10 you know minutes or so of the highlight pack and we're sitting there and we're both like nhl or nhl or nhl or every time that a flame is touching the puck and then we're just we were just laughing about it at, at who they were playing against so classic classic flames dummy moves um yeah it's you know what though i think the oilers played the Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and all of them showed the other night, and they only won by, like, I think that actually took them into overtime, so. Yeah. Uh, it works both ways. <laughs> yeah. I just, um, I get a kick out of the, out of the um, team, like, media folks, like, te- like the PR teams. Yeah. Because they post, like, huge preseason win, and you're like, come on, man, you had, like, your actual, like, night one roster playing. <laughs> Chill out. <laughs> calm down guys we're all guilty of it though every team's guilty of it oh truly um so moving on from there uh yeah i was gonna say though uh rafael lavoie that that goal from the other night was sick uh it just absolutely wired one on the goaltender and it just it, it rules so very happy to see that uh he looks pretty good and i'm just I just really want them just to give this guy a chance, and I I don't want him to just play in the bottom six. I want them to like give him a chance with skill. Like, would it kill this coaching staff to just give him a try with Connor McDavid? Like, would it kill them? Well, you're okay. This might have to be a dis- because this is this is a bigger discussion. Like, you look at the top six that the Oilers have now. Do you really want to move one of those guys off for a young guy? But this is what preseason is for. Is for trying new things. I can't even hear you. Can you speak up this a little is what, bit? This is, this is what preseason is for, is for trying new things. We're trying some new... Fair, fair enough, but I mean, you just brought in Connor Brown. Yeah. You're paying a, a Vander Kane a shitload of money. Mm-hmm. You've got Leon and uh, Nuge, and who's their winger? Oh, Zach Hyman. Hyman. Yeah. So what are you... You're like, really? I don't know. I think that our six is set, and you've got to let some of those young guys play together down low and get some energy and a little bit of speed, but... It's more of I would have just you know how during the, like during the actual season when they need to like double shift Connor and Leon just mm-hmm. like just try double shifting them with some of these guys just to see what's there just to see if maybe there's something there that's if all they can cook let them cook yeah exactly that's all that's all I'm saying I'm not asking to be penciled in fair enough yes fair enough. anyways Miles Mark NHL- Stone. NHL Mark Stone shit. got hit by somebody and he wasn't a fan of it. <laughs> yeah, Mark Stone got Mark Stone got big mad. So if you haven't seen the news uh, a couple days ago, maybe Thursday, Friday, Wednesday, I don't know, somewhere in there, life's a blur. Uh, Mark Stone got hit hard by Hayden Hodgson. He's on the LA Kings. He's 27 years old. He's played seven career games in the NHL. And um, Mark Stone got pretty upset, started a scrum. 
and made some post-game comments about Hayden Hodgson. Do you have that uh, that soundbite handy? Uh, I don't have the sound. I, I can I can read you the quote right here. Uh, he says, that's probably the last time I'll ever play against that guy. Not really much of a pr- player, so I'll leave it at that. Um, and then he, like, after... After he got big mad on the ice, then he like screamed at Brant Clark as well because the Kings had like no veterans on the ice for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Mark Stone was just was big, big, big mad. Uh, I don't know. It's I, I I can see it to a point is like you know Mark Stone just came back from a pretty from a pretty awful back injury, and the last thing you want to see is him get is, is him get absolutely crunched along the boards. But it's also a guy that's trying to fight for a roster spot right now. Like he's not going to hold up on a check, right? Um, and I think that I don't know bashing the guy in the media. I don't think is really necessary. But then again, it's just trash talk more than anything. Yeah, I, I've been kind of conflicted on it a little bit, and that's why I wanted to put it in here. I was having a discussion with a couple of guys, Floor Pie Alex, friend of the show, nice guy uh, overall, but someone that I can never seem to agree on in terms of opinions about hockey. Um, I didn't like the hit like at all. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty gutless where they were on the ice, when it was in the game, and like the situation of the game for that guy to take a run at him and nail him in the danger zone after he had just like, poke the puck off of his stick it wasn't it seemed like a late finish on a hit and an unnecessary finish on a hit especially like if he was you know 20 and he was trying to make the team I get it but he's 27 he's played seven games in the league he's you know not to be a jerk but a career AHLer I don't know if he's got a shot at making this Flames team it just seemed like it was a guy that was taking advantage of someone who's in a in a vulnerable position and like you said about Stone's injury history too, I can see why he got as fired up as he did. It oh, wasn't yeah. wasn't a great situation. wasn't um you know um a good point in the game to do it. It's not a guy that's really going for anything too crazy. I don't know if I was Mark Stone, I would have been livid as well. So I get it, and I think I, I'm probably siding with Mark Stone on this one myself. I understand him being livid about it. But I I don't. I don't necessarily agree with the idea that just because he's 27, he's definitely not going to make the NHL, so he shouldn't throw a hit like that. I mean, yeah, the the hits the the, the hits a little greasy, but I think that all of these guys enter camp thinking to themselves, maybe I have a shot. Well, you have to, right? They're exactly. professional athletes. If they didn't, they're and that's kind of the way that I'm looking at it. Is like this guy is just trying to make is just trying to make a big play. Um, but I don't think it's like necessary for Mark Stone to be like, oh, I'll never see that guy again in the league. It's like, okay, Mark, you're the reigning Stanley Cup champion. Let's calm down here. I don't know. That's that's just that's just that's just my opinion on it. But I'm just glad it. that it's not the Oilers. I'm glad that it's not one of our guys yes, that's exactly. having to deal with this that we're talking about just it. Be like, get him out of the league now. Yeah, yeah, we're we're walking to Edmonton with pitchforks and and flames <laughs> and getting this guy banished to the shadow realm um speaking of banished to the shadow realm the calgary flames michael and backland flames, yeah. yeah exactly there you go uh because michael backland got a two-year extension worth four and a half million dollars per year and the calgary flames rewarded him by slapping the old c on his chest <laughs> what do you think about michael backland the uh, what is he like? Fifteen-year veteran of this Flames team, being named the captain of the Calgary Flames at what 34, 35 years old? 
36. He's a mainstay in Calgary. Uh, I know a lot of, I think he's well liked by the fans. It it seems like he is. Um, But boy, oh boy, is this a kick in the nuts for Jonathan Huberto. Yeah. In in my opinion, I think that's, I would be like, do you remember how they were like show pony uh, patrolling him around last year? The guy, he's what he starts his $10.5 million contract next year. Um, or sorry, this season. So I don't know. I I thought that it might have been a better move for them to run with four assistants this year and then give it to Huberto next year or something, but they gave it to Backland and that's that's good for Michael Backland. I think the rumor oh sorry, he's 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 only thirty four, he's not that old. Um I think the rumor with Michael Backland though was that he he's been wanting to be the captain of this team for like ten years now at this point. And so it was just kind of a natural, like a natural progression. And I don't know, Huberto's never been the captain of an NHL team, so I wouldn't be surprised if he. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just one of those things where he's like, okay, I'll just, I'll just continue to wait. Because really, Michael Backlund may only have two more years in the league. Like he, he may not go past that, that four and a, or that that two year, four and a half million dollar a year contract. So at that point, Jonathan Huberto is still going to be two years into his eight year or eight year extension. So I can only imagine he'd eventually be named captain or maybe they just don't want to give it to somebody that's like 30 and they want to wait until there's somebody that's maybe a lot more along the lines of like 24 when that comes around. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. You got to think. Yeah. I don't know. To me, it's just, yeah, it's just interesting based on last year, how they were ready to, you know, name the city after the guy and they're not like that. He didn't get the letter, but Whatever it it happens, yeah. it's the Flames. I'm not too worried about it. And good for Backlund, uh, guy that's played a lot of years in the league. So sick so, player. Uh, I really yeah. like Michael Backlund. He Shout out to him. Had a career high in points last season. I actually didn't know that. Fifty six points uh, and almost twenty goals. Well, he yeah he hadn't scored twenty. Oh, interesting. I did not know that. Good for Michael Backlund. Um, Miles. That's pretty much it for NHL news. Like it's been relatively quiet for a lot of this stuff, so I think we can probably just get into the previews. Does that sound good to you? Uh oh, and it's time for an ad read. And one for one could not be more happy to welcome on DraftKings Sportsbook as a partner of the show as part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Because we're back with another week of football and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action with great offers every single game day. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw down five on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Football's more fun when you're in on the action, so download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can bet just $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets only on the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. 
Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after assurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Previews. So, if you are just joining us, if this is your first episode, if you've been following along with the series, here's how it goes down. We start at the bottom of the division from last year based on their rankings. We tell you how they did last season, who came in, who came out, who we think their X factor is going to be for the team, who we think a breakout player is that's going to be on, on that squad. And then we give you a bold prediction for their season. Uh, generally, we go back and forth, a little bit of discussion about said team, and move on. Once we wrap things up, we break down our predictions for the standings in this division afterward. So, starting at the bottom, now we're here. Do you want to talk about the uh, team that picked first overall last year? Uh, that sounds That sounds quite good. The Chicago Blackhawks finished in last place in the Central Division last year with a 26-49-7 record for 59 points. They were P.U. Big Stinky last season. Coming in, we got Connor McDard. I said Connor McDard for a second. That was going to be a weird one. Uh, Connor Bedard is the big name. Obviously, we uh, a few people might know about him. Miles, are you a fan? Yeah. Uh, no comment. <laughs> uh, trailer Hall. <laughs> Is this because he's a suitcase now? Yeah. Nice. Good joke. Uh, I know I, that's mean because I know you love him, but I just thought it was a funny opportunity to write Trailer Hall. Yeah, well, it's not going to look so funny when he's an oiler at trade deadline this season. Uh, Boom! <laughs> Ryan Donato, Corey Perry, Nick Felino, and uh, coming out, we got Jonathan Taves, Alex Daylock, Caleb Jones, Ian Mitchell, Jujar Kara, Anders Bjork, and Anton. Anton Hudobin was a Blackhawk last year? I think just in terms of contract. Like contract. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, the X factor of the team, Miles has the goal light worker behind Peter Mrazek. <laughs> Is that funny? That's pretty funny. Yeah. I... He's, oh my God, this team's going to allow so many goals. <laughs> I'll rip through mine quick because I know yours are going to be a little bit more eloquent. Uh, yeah, X factor, X factor for this team, the goal light worker, breakout player, who gives a fuck, bold prediction, take the over in every game they play. These guys are going to give up a lot of goals. Um, <laughs> so you're just not even going to select like Connor Bedard? No, because that, is that who you're, is that who you're going to pick? No. Okay. Yeah. Because it's lazy to pick I, Connor Bedard because everybody's, everybody's salivating over him and the rest of the team is either old or... <laughs> scraps yeah I, I just that's why I, I i mean this in the nicest way possible blackhawks fans who gives a fuck like I you guys have care. three stanley cups you can say it in the meanest way possible miles who gives yeah. a fuck and um bad org yeah bad, bad vibes <laughs> bad bad logo like I, w- I don't wish well for you i like i like the city of chicago at uh blackhawks i hope no one goes to watch you and uh, I hope uh, Chelsea Daggers is like they get you get copyright infringement or something, and they sue you for using it. Can you, Miles, without looking, can you name the backup goalie on Chicago? Oh God, um, 
No, I don't think I can. Is it? Wait, because uh, was it Staylock last year? Was he there? I think he was, but I, I, I'm pretty sure he was. But no, I can't think of who it is. It's, it's got to be somebody foreign. Arvid Soderblom. A good, a Swede. A Swede, yeah. Is he Swedish or Finnish? Uh, Soderblom. Soderblom seems. Oh, Swede, Sweden. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, a very it. Swedish last yeah. name. Um, also something I actually had no idea about is um, I was looking at like at their like dead cap on their books, and right now they've got two million for Jake McCabe, and then I was like looking through their actual buyouts. They've got Brett Connolly, which I remember him being a Blackhawk. Henrik Borgstrom, which I remember him being a Blackhawk. And Josh Bailey. And I do not remember Josh Bailey. And so I looked it up. Josh Bailey got traded with a second round pick to Chicago from New from the Island does. Chris Chris Lamorello was like, "Hey, we're gonna broker this bad boys," uh, and they bought him out and got a free second round pick out of it. Good for the Chicago Bulls. That's a tidy piece of business. That's oh, a money a money move for sure. Yeah, and also. Funnily enough, I did not mention this. They still have a cap recapture penalty on uh, for Duncan Keith on their books, one point nine million dollars. Hey yo, uh, a lot of guys on ELCs, right? Yeah, you hope they've kind of they've kind of actually like timed this, and they still have like twelve million dollars in cap space. They've kind of timed this whole thing really well because they've got uh one, two, three, four. Five players that five forwards that have contracts beyond next season, and they have two defensemen that have contracts beyond next season. That, One of them being Seth Jones, nine and a half million dollars until the end of twenty thirty. The end of time. Um, is Kevin Korchinski the other one that would have a contract like a? Oh as a ELC? yes, that didn't factor in the uh, that didn't factor in the prospects. So yeah, you'd have Lucas Reichel, you'd have Kevin Korchinski. Now I do mention that that I I, I include guys that are going to be RFA's next season as well. So yeah. that's also one that's that's kind of off. But um, but yeah, uh, I was gonna pick my breakout player though uh, is uh, my breakout player is Ryan Donato. Uh, he's been playing on the top line with or the line with Bedard and Taylor Hall, and it looks like they've got a lot of chemistry. So, I think that he's gonna probably pop off here, maybe get like 50, 50 some points, and then they can move him at the deadline for something pretty decent, kind of similar to what they to kind of similar to what the Oilers did with like um, uh, Teddy Purcell and uh, uh, Benoit Pouliot. You know, just kind of drive their value up and see if they can move them at the deadline. Um, and then as for my bold prediction, I just think Taylor Hall's going to get moved. I think they're going to retain half on him and then just move him at the deadline. Did he just sign a one year in Arizona or sorry? No, he, in, got, uh... he got traded. So he is still playing on the, the, I think four year, $6 million a year contract. Uh, that yes, yes, yes. Him. That he signed last off season. Uh, two years ago, I think. Two years ago already. Oh my yeah. God. Time flies. Yeah. So I hope, I hope he gets traded. I don't know. I want to see Chicago just. It would be fun to see Chicago and Philly fight for, uh, fight for Celebrini. I man, I just want to see him go on a deep playoff run because I feel like he would be the guy that would be awesome on a deep playoff run. Like you could see him scoring like a big goal in like Game Six of the Conference Final. Yeah, you certainly hope so. He's a, he's a very likable guy and a guy that has a special place in a lot of Oilers fans' hearts. So. If he could do that in Edmonton, even better. But just in general, I mean, we like Taylor yeah. Hall. We want to see Taylor yeah. Hall do well. Yeah. Shout out Over, Taylor Hall. Oh, overall, overall, pretty decent guy. Big, um, li- big lip king. Oh yeah, so handsome. Miles, you've got the next one. Enjoy. Good. I want it. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes. 
Uh, that's not really a coyote noise. Oh, that's go. better. 28, 40, and 14, good for 70 points last season and seventh in the Central Division. In Jason Zucker, in Matt Dumba, Sean Dersey, Alex Kerfoot, Nick Bugstad, who I guess would kind of factor into in and out on this team. He's back in, in AZ. Uh, Troy Stetcher, Travis Dermott, Zach Stanford, and Logan Cooley. Out, Zach Cassian, King, we miss you. Out, Brett Ritchie, out, Christian Fisher, Patrick Nemeth, Connor McKay, Boko Imama, and uh, Jean-Sebastien Dia. So lots of guys leaving the desert, lots of guys coming into the desert. Um, X-Factor that I have labeled for your Arizona Coyotes is their management. Will their management let them try this year, or are they going to hamper them uh, and shoot them in the in the foot? The reason that I bring that up is because last year, um, wasn't there like the whole Clayton Keller thing where he was talking about like, oh, yeah, they don't want us to win and we just keep winning? It was, yeah. Yeah. So will management let them try this year? Because I think Arizona might be kind of okay. Um, I'm looking at their roster and I, I'm excited, man. There's a lot of guys that could could do something. There's a lot of young talent. Their blue line's a little yucky, but I, I, I do agree with you. I think their forward core is like low key kind of sick. Mm-hmm. Like that, that Dylan Gunther and Logan Cooley kind of duo is going to be awesome. Um, oh. Although they've been putting Alex Kerfoot on Logan Cooley's line, which is a little, little concerning, but you know, do we got to do? And I just think that they've just they've just they've got a good plan. Um, they just know how to stockpile assets and just take swings on guys. So, um, can this team just my my biggest thing for this for this team is can they just like. Like how like get, be normal like I I want to go through <laughs> a season without hearing drama about the fucking coyotes because it's just annoying it's annoying at this point let's just let's just move on let's get your arena built so you can shut up and then hopefully you guys sell many tickets and then Arizona or hockey in Arizona is good and then we're fine come on let's let's get the situation taken care of uh my breakout player did you give your breakout player already I didn't know but no, you can okay. go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, my breakout player is J.J. Moser. Uh, he's running power play one, and I just think that overall the the points are going to the points are gonna come to him quite easily. Uh, and then as for my bold prediction, I think this team's going to be pretty pr- pretty scrappy. I actually kind of agree with you, and I think that they're going to be in a playoff position by, like, American Thanksgiving, and we're going to be talking about, oh, my God, are the Coyotes actually going to make the playoffs? Yeah, so very similar. Uh, my, my breakout player, I picked Dylan Gunther. Um, he didn't really get too much of an opportunity last year so i think it's fair to say that um his his breakout is is forthcoming uh, and i think that uh, if you remember him playing in the whl what he did for uh the edmonton oil kings he's damn good he's got a lot of offensive ability a lot of offensive creativity so uh if he ends up playing with like cooley and zucker is where daily face off no free ads has him slotted in uh we're looking forward to seeing him play and seeing what he can do. And then, yeah, very similar bold prediction, scrappy team, fun to watch. They're going to go on a spurt of wins. That's going to make you go, huh? Are the coyotes nasty? But, and I, I'm excited yeah. for it. I'm looking forward to seeing it because it's going to be fun. And I think that they're going to beat up on some of these other teams in the central and uh, really hurt some feelings and make, uh, make some pretty exciting games to watch. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of excited to watch some Arizona. I'm not gonna like go out of my way to like put on Arizona Coyotes hockey, but I'll look forward to them playing like the Oilers and stuff. Um, yeah, I will. I will I say think... too. I lo- I love their crease. Vimelka and Ingram. I love it. Yeah, they're 
it's once once again kind of those like those like found money kind of guys is like the ones that didn't have much hype like didn't have much hype coming into the team and now they're kind of finding their way they've 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 figured out a formula that works in arizona do they still have sean burke there as their as their goalie coach i can't remember i think so i don't know where else you would have gone i think he's there ride or die in, no, in arizona you know who no? he's actually the goaltending coach of the uh, vegas golden knights yeah of course that makes all the sense in the world guy teaches aiden hill how to be awesome aiden hill former coyote yeah it, oh wow it all comes full circle wow in, in, um, amazing stuff uh speaking of not amazing stuff um oh did you yeah you've picked yeah okay yeah, yeah you got you got dylan got there on here um do you want to move on to the next team Go ahead, man. The St. Louis Blues uh, with a 37-37 and 7 record for 81 points. Um, very, 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 very mid. I think this might be the... Is this, is this the middest team in the NHL? Let's... Tell, tell us who came in, tell us who came out, <laughs> okay. and then we can and then we and then we can discuss the middling. Uh, coming in, we got Kevin Hayes, Oscar Sundquist, Malcolm Subban, Mackenzie Macarin. Is that what how, how I think? I just spelled McEachern wrong. Oh, McEachern. Uh, <laughs> and Nick well, Ritchie. That's on embarrassing. A, Nick Ritchie on a PTO going out. Tyler Pitlick, Matthew Highmore, uh, Logan Brown, Stephen Santini, Thomas Gray. <laughs> I just realized what he did there. <laughs> Thomas Grice, uh, Dimitri Savarukov, Josh Levo, and uh, Nick Ritchie on the PTO, by the way, because he's, uh, he's gone from the team already. Um, X-Factor, like what happens here? Contracts in, into the next two seasons, no real identity, who steps up? I think that's a very fair question. Um, do you want to give your bold prediction and your breakout player first? Um, breakout player, and I, I don't think I think this is cheating. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not so I'm not going to call him a breakout player. I'm going to call him a bounce back player, and I'm going to say Jakob Vrana, um, with the substance abuse or the player assistance program that he was in last year in Detroit, um, and then he left left the league for a little while, and now he's found a home in St. Louis. Um, I just I just hope that a talented player can get you know back on track here. So I'm I'm putting him in not as my breakout, but as my bounce back guy. I'm still so mad that he got moved to uh, St. Louis for literally nothing and the Oilers did not bite on that. God, that would have been nice. Um, my breakout player, Miles, uh, I'm pleading the fifth because I don't have one. Thank <laughs> you. Fuck they're all the same. time. I think that the, this team is just very, is very, 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 very like, okay, all right, fine. I guess so. Like I just I have nothing to say about these guys. They're they're such a mad team. I just they're gonna win some games. Like there's gonna be stretches where um, Jordan Bennington is the first star of the week in the NHL, and he has like two shutouts and goes nuts. And then there's gonna be weeks where they get candidate. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And they and they score one goal across four games. Like it's gonna be so interesting to see what happens with this Blues team. And I just. I don't know, oh man. I don't really have anything to say. Not positive, not negative. It's just makes me sad that Sammy Bly and Butch Nevich are here because they're two guys that I liked, uh, like yeah. on the Rangers, and now they're just eating, eating fucking deep fried ravioli and barbecue. 
Bucinevich is so good, and it just makes me yeah. This this team, man. I, I my and like I think my overall is uh like my overall like bold prediction is that I I think this team is just so bad and like not very good, and Craig Berube is fired. Yeah, which is tough because I don't think that that's an indictment on him, like as a coach. I think it's just uh, stale. Yeah, it's just yeah. There's nothing really going on. I do. I love their top line, but I don't love their top line as a top line. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Like if they were a second line on any other team, you're like, holy shit, that's a lot of talent. Holy shit, that's a lot of value. But as a first line, you're like Buchnevich, Kairu, and Rob Thomas. Yeah, Tough. it's it kind of goes back to that whole thing that you and I, or that I kind of mentioned to you, and that we that we always talk about is like the is your like top offensive players is that your like is that good enough to actually win a Stanley Cup with? And I just don't think that they're deep enough to actually make up for the lack of high-end talent on this team because they were they were the one team that was like the... Um, what's the term I'm looking for? The uh, uh, the opposition to the norm or something like that? The fuck am I trying to say? I can't remember what I'm trying to say. But um, anyways, they're, they're... Exception they're, to the norm? There you go. Yeah, the exception to the norm. That's what I was looking for. Thank you, Miles. That's why we got you here. Um, yeah, man, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't really like this team. I, I don't think they're particularly good. And I just, I really don't like Jordan Pittington. <laughs> That's not I news, don't That's like not news Nick, here. I don't like Nick, dude, they're, oh my God, I'm looking at their, um, I'm looking at their cap friendly right now. And this is some not, not, not good stuff. Yeah. They don't, they don't even have flexibility going into the oh. next couple seasons where they can really move off of guys. Like what do you, they, what do you do in St. Louis? So I listened to a podcast pretty recently where they actually went over a lot of this stuff, but they have five defensemen that have at least a modified, no trade clause. Unbelievable content. Yeah. Justin Falk, Tori crew, Colton Pareko, Nick Letty. And can you guess the last name that has a modified, no trade clause? <laughs> no, I don't think I can. Marco Scandella. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Justin Falk has four years left. Tori Krug has four years left. Colton Pareko is 30, and he's signed until 2030. Oh, man. And, oh, yeah, Braden Shen, named captain. That was another, another big piece of news. Uh, oh, good sass boy. Yeah, uh, f- but you know it's not so good? Five more years of Braden Shen at $6.2 million, or $6.5 million. Oof. And also, no trade clause. You oh, want to... God, this is sad. Do I want to what? <laughs> you want to do the same thing over again here with this next team? Let's give her a go. Yeah, Central Division. You're so much fun. Uh, let's take her down to Nashville. We're talking about um, them Broadway girls alone. Nashville Predators, 42-32-8. Good for 92 points in Ryan O'Reilly. Gustav Nyquist, Dennis Goryanov, Luke Shen, out. Matt Duchesne, out. Matt Duchesne's guitar, out. Matt Duchesne's white Reebok pump skates, out. Ryan Johansson, out. Cal Foot, out. Zach Sanford. Yeah. <laughs> out. What's, uh, my, I guess we don't really have an X factor to this team, do we? No, because it's the same fucking thing as what we just went over with the St. Louis Blues. They're so weird and embarrassing and, and, and mid. They're so, so gosh darn mid again. 
Okay, so here's another uh, here, here's another goofy thing about their forward core. Uh, also, another team that only has uh, four, five guys that are contracted past next season, and um, among those names are Ryan O'Reilly, Gustav Nyqvist, Cody Glass, Luke Evangelista, and Colton Sissons. Like Borsberg doesn't have a contract next year. Oh, oh shit! Sorry, he's on. Oh, damn it, he's on. He's on. Uh, uh, injured reserve. Never mind. So there's six. Um, yeah. Wow. Good call, Merles. Yeah, because he but, just signed a big extension last offseason. Yeah. That's why I was like, what you talking about? What I don't understand about this team is why, like, I really like Ryan O'Reilly. I think for the value they got him at $4.5 million for four years is like a pretty decent contract. I think he's still really good at hockey. But why Nashville? I, 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 does Ryan O'Reilly want to win? Like, does he want to actually, like, compete for stanley cups again uh, because he if he did he signed in the wrong place man bag chase and party i think that that's gotta be it because my like to be honest man my breakout player for this team is uh uh phil tomasino and i've got as my bold prediction is like this team bottoms out and they tank like they start moving big assets so i'm talking ryan mcdonough tyson barry uh dante fabro alexander carrier um Hell, I think this could be one of those teams that like moves one of these guys that sign like really long term. Would I be necessarily shocked if they looked at a at, a, at like a Roman Yossi deal? I I I definitely wouldn't be. Do you think that they'd move on from Saros too? He's got two years left, so I would say yes. And you don't like want yet, to trade like, him as a pending UFA. Yeah, so so you think that you could see Saros moving this year? Hundred percent. So that's a really good buy candidate for a goaltender because, like, they can easily have Kevin Lankinen and uh, Askarov hold down the fort if they want to call him up from Milwaukee, give yeah. him some experience. For so, sure. yeah, it'll be again interesting to see what Nashville does. They can just uh, steady the storm and and battle it out with St. Louis to be the middest team in the NHL, um, or else uh, they can sell and fill in the blanks. I don't know. I. Uh, this sounds bad to say. I, I don't care. I just want to see Leon Leon Settles get seven points against them a game and be a demon. It's so much fun to watch, isn't it? It is. It, it's it's must-see TV. Some of my favorite nights are just getting absolutely cranked and and watching a uh, uh, Oilers visit Nashville and Leon just beats the ever-loving piss out of them. <laughs> Always take the over if you yeah. if you've got Leon if you've got Leon for points against Nashville, just take the over. Just Hell yeah, get, it, get yeah. it over with. Um, okay. But we don't condone gambling. Do we? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so my breakout player, I put. Can I say Cody Glass two years in a row? I think that's fine. I'm gonna say Cody Glass two years yeah. in a row. I think that's okay. Yeah, and and my bull prediction. Don't care. Not really invested. Can't wait uh, for Askarov and Woods to come. Like Woods was that kid that they drafted out of University of Connecticut. I'm excited to see them jump up because they do have a couple of exciting young guys coming up in the in the in the youth movement. But as it stands right now, as a team, I just couldn't be bothered. Speaking of a team that I couldn't be bothered by, oh, the Central so embarrassingly <laughs> mid. Oh man, I God. Number four, the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, 46-33-3 record for 95 points, and they lost in round one to the Vegas Golden Knights. In Alex Iafalo, Gabe Velarde, Rasmus Kupari, Laurent Brossois, 
out. Blake Wheeler, Pierre-Luc Dubois, Dave, big save Dave Riddich. Yikes. Stick flip boy. See yeah. you later. It's actually really funny that it was that moment where everything fell apart for him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when he like, was quite literally. Of highs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it all went downhill from here. Um, uh, X Factor. Uh, we just got, like, which version of the core shows up on more nights than not? Like, do we get to see, like, Gamer Mark or do we get to see Gamer Mark? Do we see Sniper Kyle Connor or do we see Ugly Scandian NHL Kyle Connor? Do we Does. see do we see Connor Hellebuck or Connor Hella bags packed and I'm heading out <laughs> somewhere? Are we gonna see Nikolai Ehlers or are we gonna see Nikolai IRs? <laughs> okay, you won. That's a good one. That's a really Thank good you. one. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um because if, uh... <laughs> if those guys show up, like then they're gonna be good, right? Then the, yeah. then Winnipeg is not is gonna be on the upper tier of mid. If those guys don't show up, then they're gonna be battling for the mid off with Nashville and St. Louis. All right time to do my I th- this is actually like kind of has turned into a little bit of a bit and i think i'm gonna start doing this on on on, on future previews is let's check their cap friendly because i just love i just love taking a taking a little gander at these guys all right so what do we got here uh we have no contracts longer than five years in this team uh which there's five years left on josh morrissey but everybody else is only th- at, at the maximum three years left and those guys include Kyle Connor and Adam Lowry, who was just recently named captain. So congratulations to Adam Lowry. What do you what do you think about like middle six centers getting named captains? That's do you really the most, have a thought on it. That's the most um like mid two thousands move you could make as an NHL team. Do you remember when Derek McKenzie was the captain of the Florida Panthers? No, I I don't <laughs> I don't know why I asked. <laughs> it's such a forgettable period of time, but yeah, that that's that that to me just seems like a uh, like a bad decision. But I don't know who else, like that that they're just giving this. You don't you don't have to have a captain, right, Winnipeg? Like you don't. The NHL doesn't make you put a C on a jersey. Yeah, because they were. This was what their last year was. Their first year without a captain because they stripped Blake Wheeler, I think, which or, is insane. That but yeah. Oh like it's so funny that Blake Wheeler got the C strip when uh when um hot long haired Dallas guy came in. Oh yeah. Rick Bonus. Yeah, there we go. That's his name, the yeah. Rick. Rick the Dick. Um okay. So for a bold prediction or sorry, breakout player for this for this team, I've actually got Gabe Velarde. Uh, we obviously spoke a lot about Gabe Velarde during the first round of this series against the Los Angeles Kings. Gabe Velarde's a pretty good player. Um, however, I did watch a preseason game between the Winnipeg Jets and I can't remember what the other team was. And they cut to, oh, it was actually between the Jets and the Oilers. And they cut to intermission and it was a like intermission interview with, uh, he was being interviewed by TSN. And my God, does, now I could just be overlooking it because people do this with Connor McDavid all the time. That man looks miserable. Because I think it's like, oh, cool! I was playing in Los Angeles, and now I'm in Winnipeg. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that would I, like I, I feel bad for Alex Alafalo too, who's because, hot. Because yeah, he's a hot, you know, sun kissed rock star that got moved from Ferraris and and <laughs> Beverly Hills to uh, 
to to blue bombers and <laughs> I don't want to say There's some a... of the other things I want to say, some of the things I'm thinking on air so I'm not going to but uh yeah that'd be such a such a battle I don't know man I look at this this roster and there's guys that I like like players that I wish well for like one of like Nikolai Ehlers Nino Niederreiter uh, I have follow Morgan Barron I like too um I'm picking Cole Perfetti as my breakout player. And again, am I allowed to pick him two years in a row? Cause I'm going to, um, so there's guys on this team that I love. And there's guys on this team that I despise like gamer Mark and Nate Schmidt. So you're Neil Pionk. I don't like Neil Pionk. Yeah. Neil Pionk so, stinks. Yeah. So who, uh, fuck, I just, I just don't care. i just really don't care about when the Winnipeg jets this year. And it makes me sad because I do want the city of Winnipeg to, to be jacked up and go into their whiteouts and everybody's so excited because you got to see it in the playoffs for the two home games that they had. It was pretty electric, but they knew that they didn't have a chance against Vegas. Um, If these guys had a reason to cheer, if they had a team that was actually going to go out and compete, it would be really fun for that city and it would be really fun for Western Canada. Hell, if I wasn't an Oilers fan, I'd think about going to a game in Winnipeg too. Um, You know, go and cheer and and watch and join in the festivities in the street and stuff, but... Mm -hmm. They're just so uninspiring. I I just don't care. Uh, and the bold prediction for the Winnipeg Jets from me, uh, welcome to the Winnipeg Jets merry-go-round of mediocrity. We'll be back next year to do the exact same thing until Chevalier-Off gets fired. Um, my, I, I forgot to mention, actually, my, my reason for picking uh, Gabe Velarde, by the way, is it actually looks like he's just taken Blake Wheeler's spot on the team. Because like if you look at Daily Faceoff, they currently have him first line right wing and first unit power play in like Blake Wheeler's old spot. So I think they're just running it back. W. Yeah. Uh, my bold prediction though for the Winnipeg Jets is uh, Nick Ehlers can only take so much passive aggressiveness from Rick Bonus and he is moved at the deadline. And I, really lo- I love Nick Ehlers. Goddamn. Yeah, Prob- Nick probably Ehlers, my yeah. dream Oiler. Probably. I mean, besides like. Sidney Crosby or like Kale McCarr. Actually, Kale <laughs> McCarr is the dream. I don't think I've ever dreamed for something more. I would pay so much to get Kale McCarr feeding outlet passes to Connor McDavid. It's nice it's like to think the, about. It's the like Vince McMahon thing of like, you know, where, where it's like the close up of his face being like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And then at the end of it, it's like, <gasps> he's like flying back in his chair. <laughs> uh, okay. Moving on from here. The, the Minnesota Wild. More Minnesota. mid. Minnesota Wild, who were 46, 25, and 11. Good for 103 points last season. They lost in the first round to Dallas. Are, are you sitting down? Yep. Because these moves are... Not money moves. <laughs> no, dude. These these are massive moves. Like, what, what went on in Minnesota this offseason is, is, is insane. So, you're sitting down? You're hydrated? Yeah, we, we're good. Okay, because they brought in Pat Maroon and uh, Vinny Latiri. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Nuts. Plan the parade. Holy shit. Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota. Minnesota. Out. Matt Dumba, Gustav Nyquist, Oscar Sundquist, Sam Steele, former Pat, uh, Ryan Reeves. Yeah. And John Klinberg. So... Just some outrageous money moves going on in 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 hockey, the state of hockey. It's it's fantastic work done by that uh, Bill Guerin and, and his team there. <laughs> I just uh, 
man, that that dead cap hit is killing them right now. <laughs> do you have their? Do you, let's pull up their cap friendly. Let's pull up the cap friendly. Uh, so they currently still. Oh god. Holy shit. Oh, they got two more years of this nightmare. It's all it's getting close to being over. So they're they're paying like a small country's GDP to Suter and Parise. So right now, uh for this season and next season, they are paying a total grand total of fourteen million seven hundred and forty three thousand five hundred and eighty eight dollars for Zach Parise and Ryan Suter, who no longer play for this team. And the best part about this is that after those two years are up, you get to uh, enjoy the, the fruits of your labor uh, by paying Marco Rossi if he by chance breaks out and then get uh, another year and then you got to pay, uh, oh, who's this guy? Oh, uh, Kirill Kaprizov. <laughs> and they just, oh my, they just, Miles, they just handed a four-year contract to Marcus Foligno. <laughs> Captain Marcus Foligno? No, alternate. Captain is Jared Spurgeon. Oh, even oh, fuck! I always forget that. I like Jared Spurgeon a lot, so I, I do too. I but I do. Okay. I always forget that he's the captain yeah. of this team. Um, okay. So my X factor for this team is that the playoffs simply aren't good enough for for this Minnesota Wild team. But I think that that's where they cap out. Um, the way that the playoff bracket works in the NHL, like Leafs fans always like to complain about it and they kind of get memed a little bit, but the wild man, they're in such a tough spot because they are like, without spoiling things, probably the third best team in this, this division. So they're going to be going up against Colorado or the stars. Let's mm-hmm. call a spade a spade. And there is no way that they beat the stars or Colorado in a, in a seven game series, not happening. Um, if they luck out and they do even better, they get to play a giant out of the, or not a giant, but they get to play like a good team out of the Pacific. Like they could play the Oilers, Vegas, Seattle, Calgary, Vancouver, still not an easy bout for them. Even if they manage to battle and, and set themselves up as the top seed in the, in the, in the division. Right. So, mm-hmm they're getting to a point where pl- making the playoffs simply isn't good enough. Continuously being a playoff team. Like kind of, do you remember when Detroit was like just making the playoffs for their streak and they were putting out these teams that were, <gasps> Oh, I remember <laughs> they were just like, okay, making the playoffs for the, for the streak and then losing in the first round. And that was it. And then they they'd be like, s- Oh, we can fix this by signing Franz Nielsen to six years. Yeah. It kind of seems like that's where these Minnesota wild are heading. I shouldn't say that because like, um, like Rossi and Boldy and a few like Frederick Goudreau, I don't think is too old either. They've got, they've got some young guys on this team that are exciting. Kalen Addison too. Like, I don't know. I, I think that they're probably better than what I'm giving them credit for, but they, they don't have the the legs to compete with, uh, with the giants in this division and the giants in the Pacific. So uh breakout player, uh, Marco Rossi or Marco Rossi, I think is, is how you say it. He said, if you can't roll your R's, to just say it like rosy, but whatever. Uh, bold prediction: they lose in the first round, and Mark Andre Fleury hangs them up, calls it a career. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a that's a pretty good, um, pretty good, pretty good prediction. To be honest, Miles, I've I actually just have this blank for both. I I don't know what to say about the Minnesota Wild anymore. Um, breakout player, yeah, I basically agree with you. You could go Marco Rossi. 
probably the way to go. I I hope for the sake of this kid, I I hope he can break out. I hope he can find his game. I I really do because he had so much hype behind him and he seemed like such a really talented player and uh, obviously affected by that long COVID stretch, which did not do him any favors. So I hope for his sake that he that he is able to break out. You can maybe go with like Philip Gustafson is is a nice name here. He had like an underrated season last year. Like people don't talk about it enough. That guy uh, had a nine thirty one save percentage last season. Yeah, he he was supposed to be just the backup to Flurry and ended up um, very much becoming the you know one A one B to yeah. to a tandem. So good for him. Yeah, I know I know Steve. He's gotten shout out a lot in the past few episodes. Shout <laughs> out Steve. Um, but he said that like God, we miss him in Ottawa. I mean, at least he's able to recognize that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know who I actually will pick as a breakout player, and he's not going to put up gaudy stats, so don't think of it like a fantasy thing. But I think Brock Faber is going to be a mainstay on this Minnesota Wild blue line. Uh, included in the deal, which deal was this that they got him in? Uh, trade history. They got him in the Kevin Fiala deal with Los Aww. Angeles, uh, and he's just he played last year uh, in the playoffs, and he looked pretty good. So I, and and you know what? He's got a cool number. That's always important to me. He's playing with number seven. That's a, that's cool. Right-handed defenseman, 21 years old. That's not a defenseman number though. Oh, I disagree. I think of like, uh, I think of pre 77 Ray Bork Mm -hmm. or, um, friggin', uh, wait, wasn't Paul coffee seven? Yeah. But like, that's old defenseman. Like, I, you know what? I don't know. Whatever. Brent Seabrook was a seven. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, exactly. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, man. I I I really I really like Brock Faber and uh, I, I Brock I'm Faber just, drive. Yeah, let, let's go. Uh, so moving on from them, do you have any more Minnesota Wild thoughts? Minnesota. Oh, no. That's it. That's it. Okay, cool. I just wanted. To, I just like talking like a like a Minnesota mom. Like you're in Fargo. Like I'm in Fargo. Oh, my mom. Speaking of this my is... mom, my my mother, my my <laughs> dearest mother, the Dallas Stars. Yeah, you're fucking your milky boys. Uh, forty-seven, twenty-one, and fourteen for a hundred and eight points. Lost in the conference finals to the Vegas Golden Knights. Coming in, we got Matthew Shane, Sam Steele, Craig Smith, Derek Pouliot. Did they make any other additions, or is that it? I feel like that was I think it. that's it. I think it was it was like just a they they made their they made their big moves. Um yeah, I think that's about it. They re-signed um Evgeny Dadnov, uh which was I I thought was 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 a really good move. Um, Dadnov. Dad, my mam and Dadnov. Uh going out, we've got Luke Glenn, Denning, Max Domi, Riley Tufty or Tufty, uh Will Butcher and for the X factor, this team, I just have like the changing of the old guard continuing, old which are the olds to the young guys. Like, are we now gonna really see this like youth movement take over in Dallas? Um, obviously, last year was a really successful season. Uh, uh, Jason Robertson broke out big time. Well, I mean, he already broke out, but like really broke out last season. We saw uh, career performances f- uh, from guys like Rupe Hints as well. We saw Miro Heiskanen take that next step to being a straight up Norse Norse Trophy like defenseman. Um, bounce back from Jamie Ben, which that makes that nine and a half million dollar contract a little bit more palatable. Um, this team has Stanley Cup aspirations, and I think that they made a lot of uh, they just made 
good, solid moves. And probably the move of the offseason in free agency was after the unexpected buyout of Matt Duchesne by the Nashville Predators, they brought him in for three million bucks for one year. I think it's a pretty sick move. Mm hmm. Um, I, I don't like Dallas, like as a team, I just don't enjoy watching them play. I hate their jerseys, uh, but they do have a really talented team. They've got a lot of players that are really exciting to watch. Um, so as much as I want to hate on them, I, I can't, I, I do think that they are going to be competitive and I would certainly put them up there with, you know, top four in the Western conference. So I, I agree with you in that aspect. Um, I don't want to, again, sound like too much of a homer. But Sam Steele coming into this team, he's a guy who's here's a guy who who's had a little bit of bad luck in his career. He hasn't really been able to find a home, um, got really hot with Minnesota for a while there uh, and ended up not able to find a consistent spot on the team. So don't be surprised if he fights and finds a way to get into this lineup and add some some toughness with some offensive flair in that bottom six. I he, He's a damn good hockey player. So. I like that sneaky, sneaky little pick from them. Sneaky little pickup for them. Uh, but he's not my breakout player. And I don't know if you can really call this a breakout player. So it's more of like a breakout player or a player bold prediction. But I'm going to say why Johnson makes the all-star game. Mm, that's a nice, that's a nice little one. That's kind of like a combination of bold prediction and breakout player there. Yeah, I'm so big on him. I th I think he's incredible. And he's like, what, 19 years old? Uh, guess what, Miles? You want to hear something sick? He's eighteen. He was drafted or er, uh, one pick after Xavier Borgo. Oh shit! Does that really? make you feel better? That, does that no. make your day better? Oh. Not particularly. <laughs> that sucks. Sorry, Xavier. <laughs> yeah, we're still excited about you, Xavier. Um, <laughs> just be more like him. You're never uh, gonna be him. <laughs> my breakout player for the Dallas Stars is Thomas Harley who is going to take over <laughs> uh, who is taking over as it looks like he is a like full-time second pairing defenseman for the Dallas Stars this season he looked terrific last season and once again a player that was drafted after Philip Broberg that is looking better than Philip Broberg um, which really sucks so, is this an anti-Broberg podcast? I'm trying not to be anti-Broberg. I've, you know me. I think like our very first episode, I, I literally said in our first episode, if this guy checks all the boxes, he can be Victor Hedman. I hope you spit out your water from that. Um, <laughs> but I just, it just, it, I just, I want to like Philip Broberg. I want him to succeed. I want him to be awesome. But every day, that one more player that was drafted after him makes it, I get a little bit upset. Am I allowed to be upset over that? I think I am, I am completely in my own element to be upset about the fact that he is, what, 23 years old this season? Is this How, how old is Philip Broberg? Philip Broberg, uh, he... Uh, oh, sorry. He just turned 22, okay? I want 22. that my 22-year-old defenseman is finally cracking the lineup because the point of drafting young guys and hoping that they succeed in this league is so that you get them on cheap contracts and he doesn't break out just before he signs fucking contract. There's, um, you know, that meme of, like, the dude and the boys who's just, like, sitting in the movie theater, like, dead face staring at the screen? Yeah. Um, that's That's like Oilers fans watching uh, Trevor Zegris highlight pack coming up. 
right? Fair to say. Yep. Yep. It yep. is. Yep. So I agree with everything you said, and it's fine. And we'll we'll get to we'll get to Broberg. Big episode coming up next week about the Oilers. Um, Miles, can I just say one quick thing before before you tell me what you're about to say? Okay, Philip Broberg, absolutely. Pick pick number eight, number nine, Trevor Zegras, number twelve, Matthew Boldy, number thirteen, Spencer Knight, number fourteen, Cam York, number fifteen, Cole Caulfield, number seventeen, Peyton Krebs, number eighteen, Thomas Harley. Uh oh, who else is on here? Twenty four, Phil Tomasino, twenty five, Connor McMichael. Well, depending on how you feel about him. Uh, uh oh, I don't know who else we got on here. Oh, Shane Pinto at thirty-two. Arthur Kaliev at thirty-three. <laughs> Fuck. We're good. We're good. We're good. I'm sorry. Holy shit. <laughs> Philip, just... you're gonna be great. We love you. You have all you're, of our support. You're doing amazing, sweetie. Come on the show. Yeah, come on the show, Phil. I got lots to say. Oh, you know what? I'm doing this as a test. I've wanted to do this for a couple episodes now. Um, Ty, if you're listening, message the Instagram chat or message the Instagram page and say, Hey, with three Y's and a smiley face. And you can come on the podcast. Do I ask, do Um, I ask about the background? Yeah. Okay. So he, he comments like on like not everything, but a lot of stuff that we post on Instagram, um, like wanting to come on the show. So, you know, if, if, if you're listening, uh, because I don't think you are, um, if you follow the rules, you, you can come on. Cause we get lots of people that say like, Oh, I want to come on the show. I want to come on the show, whatever. It's, it's fine. It's cool. I love it. Yeah. Like, I like that people care enough that they want to come on, but I have a sneaking suspicion that he's, he does, he, that he doesn't listen. So if he can prove me wrong with that, uh, message, then, uh, then I'll, I'll eat my hat. Cause we reward listeners. Yes. We not do. followers, listeners. <laughs> We're not sheep. We're not sheep. <laughs> Imagine this just turns into like an alt right podcast. <laughs> Imagine. Imagine. Imagine all the problems. Uh, okay. Imagine the 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 problems. Oh, I guess my bold. Oh, I didn't get. get uh, didn't do a bold prediction for this team. Uh, my bold prediction for the Dallas Stars is they play in the conference finals. And cool. That's it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, they're they're uh, just deep. They're well they're well built. I I really like how this team is built. They're they're just a real stocky lad. They're eh? sturdy. Just a real sturdy Sh- gal. Schmitty battles. Uh, did you see Dave Tippett? By the way, got a job with Seattle. No, I did. Like, what, yeah, he's like, back. Like, what's he doing? Consultant to the coach or some oh, shit. Oh fuck yeah, that's yeah. so sick. <laughs> that's straight gasoline. <laughs> Eating clam chowder, like. You know what? You should probably start tomorrow. You know that uh, that that that. Oh fuck! This is good. That German guy. Yeah, yeah. Start Grubauer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I I was thinking. Um, if you guys are looking for somebody uh, to maybe hop in, I got a guy named uh, Chris Russell uh, who might be able to fill in on the back end. Walking shots. He's just like comes in, says, "Hey, yeah, um, fucking who's their who's their who's their stud defenseman again? Uh, the, the Adam Larson." Guy. No, not Vince Dunn. Vince Dunn. He's just like, hey, Vince, I I know you're I know you're a smaller, undersized guy, but you know what I'd like you to do? Talk to Chris Russell a little bit. He'll teach you a couple things about <laughs> putting your body on the line. Dave Tippett, we uh we don't miss you. <laughs> oh, what a cursed experience! <laughs> the Dave uh, Tippett experience. TM. TM. Yes. Too much talent. 
like this next team we're going to be talking about. Bad segue. I tried. The Colorado Avalanche, who were 51, 24, and 7 last year, good for 109 points, but ultimately lost in round one to Dave Tippett's Seattle Kraken. In Ryan Johansson, Ross Colton, Miles Wood, hot guy, Jonathan Druan, Thomas Tatar, out, Eric Johnson, Evan Rodriguez, JT Comfer, Alex Newhook, Dennis Malgren, Matt Nieto, and Jonas Johansson. That's a hell of a handle, hey? Jonas Johansson. It's I mean, it's it's very uh it's 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 very visually pleasing. <laughs> but your J's and S's. Yeah, I mean the guy really like when he was a kid, he really only had to learn like a couple letters. <laughs> you throw a V this guy's way, he's out. <laughs> nope. Not <laughs> for me. He doesn't even like try to pronounce it, he just ignores it. <laughs> <laughs> Skips over it. Refuse. It'll be a cold day in hell before I uh, before I acknowledge the state of Missouri. <laughs> Talks Abe to like Simpson. Gustav Nyquist to be like, yeah, uh hey uh Gusta. How, Gusta, how you do Gusta Nike next um anyways yes Miles what's your uh what's your x factor or what's the x factor for this team uh I would probably agree with what you have here so I'll piggyback off of it and say Ryan Johansson um can he stay healthy and can he stabilize the second line of this team uh they've been missing that consistency since Kadri left which I mean was really only a year but um, that really gave this Colorado team its identity and and its depth when they had that cadre line buzzing and and um, you know giving really hard minutes to play against while that first line rested up and just added a whole nother level of depth to the Colorado team. So if Ryan Johansson can come in and be that guy with Arturi Lekkinen and Valerie Nachuskin on his wings or whoever ends up there, uh, mm-hmm. these guys could be very very good. But if Ryan Johansson plays like he did uh, for a large portion of his time in Nashville and that combined with injury history, uh, these guys are right back where they started last year. And Mm -hmm. Colorado is drowning in a division where they've got some some good teams nipping at their heels. Yeah, man, I uh, like I kind of compare the Colorado Avalanche to like a like a baby duck rehabilitation center where they're just bringing all these like little baby ducks that have just taken out of like oil spills. They're like, okay, we're gonna clean you off, deer, with a little bit of with a little some, bit of some dawn dish, dish soap. Some dawn dish soap. <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna thrive again, sweetie. We've got you, um, because. I don't know if you've like taken a look That's at their funny. at their lineup, but like this team, man, uh, Ryan Johansson is like first unit power play and sec like second line center. They expect Ryan Johansson to be like a guy, that guy, yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, the elephant in the room is Jonathan Drouin. So recently let go by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, has obviously had uh, has had his 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 little bit of off the ice issues that he's had to deal with, um, but it seems like he's he's fully fully into this and he's and he's fully ready to kind of commit to this team and is being reunited with his Halifax Mooseheads teammate Nathan McKinnon. Um, anybody that followed that 2013 draft or followed like the players coming into that draft knows how unbelievable the McKinnon and Druin connection was uh, in Halifax. It was like they, they constantly um, you're just getting updates about, oh yeah, these guys have like 10 points in this game. Like they were 
insanely good. Uh, and there was even a point where they were, where Drew N had that kind of second overall pick buzz behind him. He ultimately went third, so only two picks behind yeah, Nathan what McKinnon. What a fall. What a yeah, fall. Tough beat for him. Um, but guys also made a lot of money in his career, so good for him. Uh, but ultimately, like, there's been a lot of buzz about Drew N because they are playing him on the top line with Nathan McKinnon in camp, and there could be something here. And I'm really intrigued by that. And another thing that I need to be intrigued by is, like, these guys have to make up for a pretty large hole on their roster that they weren't planning for, which is Gabriel Landeskog. Landeskog's out for the season again. Mm-hmm. And it's... I mean, I'm not a betting man, or sorry, I shouldn't say I'm not a betting man, but, like, I, I don't mean to be a guy that's going to make these, like, huge, uh, uh, these huge statements about about players' futures, but are we sure Landeskog is going to be able to play again at the NHL level? Like, he's having his hip resurfaced. That's a fucking brutal injury. No, so, I, we're not, we're not sure. Like, it's yeah. same thing with Josh Norris in Ottawa. Like, he's hurt again. Same shoulder. Yeah. So when these players start injuring the same extremity or limb or whatever time and time again, you you can't say with confidence that they're going to be back. So I, I agree with you 100%. Like Colorado has to, um, you know, do a little bit of, of risk management here and what they're going to do if there is no, you know, future of Landis Cog coming back to this team. And the other thing you have to factor into this team as well is like, can Alexander Georgiev, um, replicate last season because mm-hmm. he was insanely good last season for those that don't know I when I was doing all the research for for this team I'm like oh my god he won 40 games last season yeah sneaky sneaky best uh division for goaltending in the NHL oh crazy good so it's um I'm I'm, I'm just I'm very intrigued by this team I think that there's a lot of there's a lot of upside on this team but there's also a lot of like this could go really bad. Um, I do like the additions of Ross Colton. I think the Thomas Tatar move was insanely good. Uh, plugging him in on your third line is kind of an awesome, you know, an awesome piece to your puzzle. But, man, it, this team has talent, though. Devon Taves, Kale McCarr, Bowen Byram. Um, Josh Manson, too. That top Josh four is Manson, disgusting. I don't like Jack Johnson playing every day, but... You know, sometimes you got to just deal the hand, play the hand you're dealt. Um, I love Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, we still don't know what that'll happen with Arjen Chushkin in the playoffs, but what I guess that that's fine. <laughs> um, and ultimately, like McKinnon, Rantanen, this team is just really good, and they will continue to be really good. But I think for me, my biggest worry about them is ultimately health. Um, now, with that being said, my like breakout player, I'm kind of cheating because I'm doing similar to what you did earlier, which is a bounce back thing. And I'm the reason why I say I'm cheating is because I'm picking two players, which are Ryan Johansson and Jonathan Drewen. Um, I think I, for the story, I would love to see Jonathan Drewen have like 70 points in this team. That'd be so cool. Yeah, I, I think Drewen's a, a pretty like, well, I shouldn't say that. Depends what fan base you're with. If Montreal you think like, fans despise if you think, him. Yeah, and I don't think the Lightning fans like him very much either. Yeah. Um, but people who like the CHL, I think, look at Jonathan Drouin with with puppy dog eyes. Um, so going back to what you were saying about them betting on, you know, the two guys that you just said, um, not breaking out, but working out. Um, 
I think that Joe Sackick, not the GM, who cares? That's not true. Um, has his hands all over this team. Bednar, hell of a coach. They mm-hmm. have a very strong core, a very good culture on this team. Great fans, good state, good arena. Good, good, good. I think that it's like for a duck rehabilitation center is the perfect place to be. And I think that both of these guys are going to work out and bold prediction is Colorado wins the division. Hmm, okay. My, yeah, I don't really have much of a bold prediction with this team. I I think that we, I, the one thing I will say is I think we do see a regression from Alexander Georgiev. I just don't know if he's going to be as, as good as before. And that's kind of where I have a little bit of hesitation with this team is both the health aspect as well as the goaltending situation. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to watching this team again because God, are they ever a lot of fun to watch no matter what. Um, Miles. That about ties up the Colorado Avalanche and the Central Division. It really does. It, it's almost like it's a perfect time to predict how we think this division will finish up. So, starting from eight, one for one. <laughs> uh, in eighth, Chicago Blackhawks. In eighth, I have the Chicago Blackhawks. In seventh, St. Louis Blues. In seventh, the Nashville Predators. In sixth, Winnipeg Jets. In sixth, the St. Louis Blues. In fifth, Nashville Predators. In fifth, the Winnipeg Jets. Fuck yeah, this is already lining up. (laughs) In four, the Yotes. I've got the Yotes as well. You got the Wild in three? Yep. You got the Stars in two? I know you don't. Yeah, exactly. And Avs in one. Okay, so I've got I've got Dallas in one. So you say give me your give me your one through eight. Uh so Dallas, Colorado, Minnesota, Arizona, Winnipeg, St. Louis, Nashville, and Chicago. So this is a division where we've we've got similar vibes but different vibes. I've got yeah. the Avs, Stars, Wild, Yotes, Preds, Jets, Blues, and Hawks. To be fair, seven, six, and five are pretty well interchangeable. And could be a difference of like four or five points. Exactly. And that that's kind of where I'm coming at it from. Is like I think all three of those teams are in their own or are are, are in their own ways different flavors of mid. <laughs> it's like um the last three colors of freezies left in the box at the end of the summer, and you're like, do I want any of these? Grape. <laughs> I, I'm a grape guy, oh, but. Any of these three flavors, do I want them? Not at the moment. Do I want them if it's 40 degrees? Probably not. So, Miles is like a scumbag that's like, oh, yeah, uh, cream soda, that one sucks. No, I I, I use the freezies analogy, like kind of tongue-in-cheek and, tongue and because like I don't think that there is really a freezy flavor I don't like. Mm, that's a pretty I like good all take. the freezies. I like all the freezies. I'm just not really like a grape flavor guy. Like, and I, that's... I don't like a grape crush. Yeah, you are you're a you're a grape lover, or you're a grape like apolo not a grape apologist, like a grape uh, tolerator. Yeah, I don't um, know. I'm a grape guy though. I get like grape fluoride. I used to get grape fluoride at the dentist. At the dentist. Dentist. I haven't gone to the dentist in a while. I should probably make an appointment. 
Should we just have our next episode, me just calling the dentist and making well, an appointment? What well, yeah, to do one too? That's why I'm laughing. I get shit all the time from Janelle that I don't go to the dentist, that I need parenting, like help being parented and stuff. And I'm like, fuck, I'm a, I'm a good boy. I try hard. See, my issue is that the last time I went to the dentist, um, it's funny. Um, I'm really bad for flossing my teeth. Obviously, like I think a lot of people are, and um. And so the last time I went, I flossed for like a week before and I went in and the, and the dentist was like, wow, you do a really great job of flossing your teeth. I'm like, oh, thank you. Um, and <laughs> it's funny in, you say that. In the process, uh, he says, uh, do you grind your teeth at night? And I was like, I think I do. And he's like, cool, I'm going to get you a night guard. And I said, okay, cool. So he fits me for a night guard. And the first few nights of wearing the night guard was super uncomfortable, obviously, because you're getting used to sleeping with something in your mouth. That's very dirty. <laughs> uh, so much cooler with something in your mouth. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so and then I would wear it to bed and then get get yelled at because apparently my voice is all slurry and annoying and then get told, uh, just just wait till you actually fall asleep. And I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to fall asleep, though. That's the point of going to bed is that you kind of lay in bed until you fall asleep. So how am I supposed to know? Because then I have to go go over to the sink. I got to put it under warm water because it's got to, like, mold to my teeth a little bit. Just a whole process. So I've been slacking on wearing my night guard lately. So uh, I feel like I'm going to go to the dentist and the the, the, the uh, senior dentist is going to say to me, uh, sir, you uh, have uh, literal stumps left for teeth. So we need to get this uh, uh, taken care of ASAP. Dentist said I grind in my sleep. Shout out to him. He a real one for that. <laughs> Bars. Bars. Um, Miles. Okay. Uh, we don't really have much from our errors and omissions. Do you? Ha- I I I know that I have one that I I need to I that I that I need to confront right now. Dude, I think that that is actually the only one from last week. Okay, perfect. if it's if it's the the meme that Kyle made. Yeah, it is. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I got in a lot of shit about uh, how I phrased the upcoming free agent class last last episode because in my delivery of it I understand where I went wrong which was I started off with the class is headlined by Elias Lindholm and I kind of went Ugh. Um, and then while I was going through all the lists, I mentioned Chandler Stevenson's name and then went hey Chandler Stevenson's pretty good uh, in which then I was reminded that uh, I believe Elias Lindholm has doubled Chandler Stevenson's points output in their careers thus far. Um, so I'm here to tell you, yes, I believe Elias Lindholm is a better player than Chandler Stevenson. I like both players. My point being was that if Elias Lindholm is your headliner of your free agent center class, it's not a very good free agent center class. That is what I was trying to say because it was all pertaining to the Boston Bruins. I think Elias Lindholm is tremendous, but I would not pay $9 million for him. Uh, I would not pay an an exuberant free agent contract for him. No, I would not. Um, So that's just kind of it, okay? So I'm just letting everybody know, yes, Lindholm is better than Stevenson. It's fine. It was a little mistake on my part, and I eat my words, okay? NHL All-Star Chandler Stevenson. How many does Lindholm have? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. I, I so, so Flames fans, relax a little bit. Just yeah, get off your high chill. horse. Yeah. You're you're high you're high blasty. Oh, look at the flaming horse head. It's so sick. 
Elias Lindholm has never been an NHL All-Star. Yeah, so there you go. Suck it. Yeah, wow. and, uh, you know, he's actually had some pretty decent point output. 78 points in 19. Yeah, yeah, okay. Elias Lindholm's really good. He, so, he is. I know. He is. I, I'm, that's why we added it to errors and omissions, because it's yeah. worth discussing. Because at the, at the end of the day, yeah. we want to be reputable. We want to be a, a, a source for, for information and, 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 and takes that are not only hot, but spicy as well. So uh, part of that is, is owning up and fixing our mistakes. Um, I didn't get called out on anything last week. I'm sure I made some mistakes, but uh, that's one thing that I've really appreciated this year is that we are getting like a lot of feedback post episode um, mm-hmm. from different people. And they're, they're saying like, Oh, I agree with this. I didn't agree with this. So uh, I mean, don't, don't shy away from letting us know what you're thinking as well. We, we really appreciate hearing that stuff and uh, getting that sent in so that we have more stuff to talk about. We, we love interacting with the people that listen to the show. So yeah, uh, mm-hmm. Don't don't hesitate to let the boys know what you're thinking. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, if if we made a if we made a comment that was either uh, dumb or offside, uh, I will one thousand percent own up to it. Um, Can I tell you two things that I'm really looking forward to for for when we get past the division previews? Yes. Uh, or sorry, three things. Um, I'm really excited to start naming games again um, because oh, yeah. I think that I think that that's where I do my best work and in notes is is naming games like you remember who the fuck is Mateus Michelli <laughs> that, that was a good one um, yeah I'm looking forward to uh, watching this new season of love is blind so that we can get back to some dating show recaps because yeah. Lord knows we need it um, and the third thing I'm looking forward to I totally forgot I can't remember. There's something else I was really looking forward to, but apparently not looking forward to it enough to remember. That's that's quite embarrassing. I'm like I like I'm looking forward to. Uh... Oh shit! Sorry, can oh. I cut you off? Yes, absolutely. It's bringing back the rock star of the week. Oh, that's he's the bringing next it back thing I'm this season. Forward to yes. Oh, do you you what? Do you have a bunch of ideas in the tank? I do, man. I have a lot of rock stars on a list, and um, the the word rock star is is used very generously in this day and age. So I'm excited to uh, bring some accountability back to the phrase. Would you say that in episode one, uh, the rock star of the week was Darren Drager? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was dunking yeah. on Nasher is just yeah. a very easy way. Per Darren is a great way to be catapulted up to the top of the Rockstar yeah. rankings. I, I don't want to pick fights or make fun of people on this podcast, but <laughs> that that video I sent you of Nasher reacting to the NHL song. To the songs is so is bad. Is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so if anybody... <laughs> so this, this is some viewing for you at home. <laughs> If you want to see something so awful, your face might melt like it's the fucking ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, yeah, it's it's bad stuff. It's 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 not it's not very good stuff. Nasher, come for dinner. Just wait, babe. I got to rank the songs on the new NHL track. And if you think NHL soundtracks have gotten better in the last five years, <laughs> my friend, you're sorely mistaken. The NHL EA Sports soundtrack used to be so good fire yeah hot fire flames from like 2003 to like 2013 it was insanity yeah yeah they get like they get the odd song from a band i love like uh i'm a big uh pup guy and they've had pup in the game a couple times which is sick pup's a great band 
awesome. Good to see. Um, but some of these like uh, these like pseudo pop hip. It's so. It's. I'm pretty sure they had like an NF song one year, and I'm sorry to people that are fans of NF, but good god that's like that that's a tough listen that's a tough 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 listen <laughs> so EA sports should EA just, sports please just spend a little bit more money on your music i i beg of you just let us make the playlist it, it'll be fine yeah it'll be it'd be cool rock stuff mixed with some like funny hip-hop music yeah and like a lot of morgan wallen it's fine you're gonna, lo- you're gonna love it. Miles is just gonna do a whole George Strait NHL <laughs> collector's edition. <laughs> it's just not a hockey player on the cover. It's just George Strait in his hat. <laughs> He'd love that. He's probably a Stars fan, sneaky Stars fan. Is he a sneaky Stars fan? I bet you, man. He's a he's a Texas guy, so I feel like just out of blind loyalty, he'd be like, "Go Stars." Yeah, exactly. He just has like a Mike Madano jersey. Oh fuck! That would be so sick. Oh yeah. Or imagine he's like a he's like a he's like a deep cut fan. He just has like a Yanni Hockenpah jersey. <laughs> he's got Louis Erickson. <laughs> Dude, Sergey Zubov. Oh man, the Zub the Zub is so good. Are you still ripping, uh, um, Puck Doku? I haven't been the last little while. No, no. that's no. my that's my coffee break brain break, and I I love doing it, man. It's fun to just sit there and think of the most obscure uh, names that you can. There was one, I, I, this was, I found this super surprising. Um, and maybe you won't think it's surprising, but I was fucking floored by it. I was doing my puck doku on Saturday and one of the rows was five plus playoff goals in their career. Mm-hmm. And the team was San Jose. Okay. So I was like, Joe Thornton, obviously mm-hmm. never had a five goal playoff. Really? No. That, that yeah. is, and he went to the Stanley Cup final. I know, man. Like, I was like, really, I'm going to put a Vander, I have to put a Vander Kane in here before I'm putting in Joe Thornton. That doesn't make sense. So then I tried Brian Boyle. For San Jose? For, for San Jose. You mean Dan Boyle? Oh, fuck. That's probably why I was wrong then, because I put the <laughs> wrong guy in. God damn it. Because oh, Dan Boyle, Dan Boyle would have had five, hey? You'd have to. Uh, Dan Boyle, he never. The issue was is that they only made it to like the second round most of the time. Oh, yeah, I guess but... he won the cup with Tampa though. I always forget about that. Forgot he was a Lightning. Um, but yeah, Joe Thornton confirmed did not have a five point or five goal playoff ever. Which good is... job that you didn't put Dan Boyle in because he never either. <laughs> like you could have put Marlowe in there. Marlowe's definitely scored five goals in a playoff run. I think even Brent Burns probably has. Let's find out if Brent Burns has. This is just turning into like looking at old like old puck doku stuff. Uh Brent Burns scored seven goals in the, the year they went to the cup final, and he had twenty four points in twenty four games. He was awesome that season. Brent Burns was really good in his prime, man. He was. He was a freak. So yeah, I just thought that was crazy. But um that's another thing. If you wanna if you wanna get in with the boys, Puck Doku, I, I always send out a Snapchat of uh like a, a snap of my score to, to some people that I know play the game. So if you want to get in, get at the boys. Let mm-hmm. us know. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man. It's just uh, that 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 game's been really good. And it's, same with like Immaculate Grid and all that. It's, like, it's just been really good that they've been able to do something where it just gets people's brains going in in a in an effort to kind of connect with with what they're interested in. 
I just I think it's fun. It's a it's mm-hmm. a really good time. Um, by the way, that twenty twenty three class or sorry the twenty two thousand three class with Brent Burns, only uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten players remain on NHL rosters right now. Wow. Or or sorry, are active players. Joe Pavelski, Ho Corey Pavelski. Perry, Zach Parise, Jeff Carter, Brent Burns, Ryan Suter, Marc-Andre Fleury, Yaroslav Halak, Brian Elliott, and Eric Stahl. That's crazy, man. That's a lot of a lot of our childhood right there. Yeah, and it's almost all almost exclusively first rounders. Wow, what a time. And the Oilers' first round pick that year, do you know who it was? You probably don't. Mark Antoine Pouliot. Oof. Oh, Mark, no. And you, and you know who went right after? Ryan Kessler and Mike Richards. <laughs> That's that Oilers drafting luck. Fuck Nolan, me. Anything yeah. else you want to add, or should we wrap things up? I think we can wrap things up. Thank you so much for tuning in for Season 4, Episode 3 of the One for One Podcast. We have had a blast bringing you our Central Division preview. We are ecstatic to get back at it next week and do the big kahuna, the big tuna, the Pacific Division preview. Hope you've been enjoying the episodes. we love to hear from you. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter. Handles are in the description. Uh, But most importantly, and as always... Go, Oilers, go. Go, Oilers, go.